Hey guys and welcome to the channel. If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe. If you're old, make sure you hit that like button. Of course, that's to YouTube viewers. And if you're a podcast listener, please remember to hit that rating and review and leave a nice little comment or rating, uh, depending on whether you like the show, that is. And of course, do subscribe as well, depending on what podcast platform you're listening on. Right. WTA Roland Garros power rankings now i cannot wait to get into this you can see i've already done it because if i'm being completely honest with you if i'd just done it off the top of my head it would have been extremely tough to know exactly what positions to put them in i i do feel like with the men's it's a bit more clear cut in some sense and of course uh the updated edition of the atp one uh is either out or, or coming out as well alongside this after Alcaraz's win of course jabor just won in madrid as well so she kind of skyrocketed really in the rankings. And this is my first edition of doing the WTA side and long overdue. So I'm, I'm excited to do this. Um, let me know your thoughts as well as we go through it. And I'll give you my justification for each position. Uh, and also if there's anything, anyone that you think that I miss and should be included. But I just feel like on the women's side, it's so tough to kind of know exactly who should be in there. Um, yeah. I find it extremely difficult right now uh, just because of how open it is and the depth in, on the women's side. Sorry, that's allergies. Right, okay, let's get into it. So, number one has to be Igor Svantec. I think that's one thing that pretty much everyone can agree on. I think she's just been the most dominant you know, player on the WTA's tour for the whole year. She's been the most dominant player since the turn of the year and she's been such such good form i mean it's so difficult to turn away from her i think uh, let's be perfectly honest i think she's just been that good and for me i think she goes into roland garros as probably the overwhelming favorite no matter what happens in rome she's playing there of course this week and there's a lot of other players there and, and who knows if she goes out early or whatever, it doesn't matter. She'll still go into it. The overwhelming favorite. She hasn't lost a single Masters 1000 tournament or, or match this year. So she's won uh, multiple tournaments and she's four in four. Ridiculous. Four out of four tournaments. And what do you want to say? What do you want to say? And that's after making the semifinals of the Australian Open. So, she is playing some really good tennis and it's very hard to find any flaws in the game right now. She is only 20 years of age and someone is going to have to play some very good tennis, very, very good tennis to beat her. It will happen at some point, no doubt, but at the moment it's looking like that is, That some point is well into the future. When is the future? So, if you want to take for me, number one, undisputed. Number two, Bedosa. Now, Bedosa, looking at recent, I guess, results, Madrid, she lost in the second round to Halep, which I think we have to be honest on this. Like, Halep was playing some really good tennis. She made the semi finals in the end as well, some inspired tennis, no doubt. Uh, and she got breadsticks and beaten 6 3 in the first set. And Look, in the first set, she was definitely, for me, she was fit and she just got outplayed by an informed player. The second set, she was definitely injured. The shoulder injury, you could tell her serve speeds were really low and I get that. And it's hard. So that definitely did play a part. 
but she was still underwhelming, I think, in her form. In Stuttgart, she was in the semi-finals. She lost to Sabalenka, who played really well in Stuttgart. It was, yes, on the clay, but it was indoors, so it was a slightly quicker surface. Sabalenka didn't have to worry about outside conditions, which then helped her serve. Less double faults, less worrying about the ball toss, etc. Uh, and so won, it, won that in a very close straight set, 7-6-6-4. So didn't make the final now. And then Charleston, she lost in the quarterfinals to Benchich. So she has made runs, right? Uh, of course, Bedosa, which is great. Obviously, then also losing in, uh, well, it was a walkover in Miami. Quarterfinal, of course, we don't place as much importance on the hard courts, but those are the most recent tournaments we're talking about. And then lost in the semifinals in Indian Wells. So she's made semifinal, quarterfinal, quarterfinal, semifinal, like second round where she was injured. Fine. I mean, that's a pretty damn good set of results. So I think she warrants being number two. I think for her, though, she'll want to make a final. She'll want to potentially win a tournament. Um, she is my pick to win Rome. And that's just because surely, like, at some point, Shiontek's going to have to not win a tournament, you'd think. But, I mean, very hard to pick against her. But Paolo Vidosa, I think, has had a very good start to the year. She needs to back it up with some titles. I think she will do it at some point. And I think the clay is obviously a good opportunity for her, for sure. Um, but yeah, Bedosa for me at number two. And then the Madrid Open winner, Ons Jabeur. I thought she's played some fantastic tennis. I mean, I think as soon as the clay court swing has started, she's just really turned it on. It's been great to see. In Charleston, she made the final. She lost in the final to Benjic in three sets. And ironically, she managed to avenge that loss in Madrid in three sets as well. So a really good win uh, from her. And I think she'll be extremely happy with that because, uh, you know, the way that she managed to get revenge was pretty impressive. And in the end, of course, winning the tournament. So she made the final of Charleston. So we're talking about the clay court swing, I guess. If you want to go as back as Indian Wells, I mean, she lost in the first round, which is a really, really big upset to uh, Gavrilova, Miami Open, she lost in the round of 16 to Daniel Collins. No shame in that. But then as soon as we hit the clay court swing, look at this, Charleston Open. Yeah, as I said, lost in the final. But then on the way there, by the way, she beat Navarro, Begu, Kalanino, who's in great form, and Isamova, who's in some pretty good form as well. And obviously losing in the end to Benjic, 6-4 in the third. And then the Stuttgart Open, she made the quarterfinals. She lost to Badosa, uh 6-3, in the final set, so three sets again there, and she'd beaten Vondrasova and Kazakhina in straights. So, again, no, absolutely no shame in that. And then Madrid, of course, I mean, a great run. Paolini, Gracheva, Bencic got her revenge. Halep in straight sets, really impressive. Alexandrova, and then Bagula. I mean, actually the first ever, you know, African-Arab player to win a WTA Masters 1000 tournament. And it was just incredible to see and witness, and I think she deserves to be at number three. Uh, potentially, there's a there's a case being made for her to be at number two, but I think let's see how she gets on, uh, you know, in Rome. And uh, potentially, you know, if she goes pretty deep there, then I think you're definitely pushing for that. Uh, number four is is Benjic for me. I think she's just again we've already mentioned her name after talking about some of the other players who are at the top, and I think she's just had a very very good last couple of tournaments. I think she likes the clay as well. Um, but if we want to talk about it from kind of the uh, sunshine double onwards, 
Indian Wells lost in the first round, but then made the semis in Miami. Lost in three sets to the eventual finalist, of course, Osaka. Um, but yeah, very, very, very good battle there. And yeah, I mean, again, semi-final there. Then in Charleston, she won the event, of course, beating Jabur in the final. And she had beaten Wang, uh, Furovitova, uh, Madison Keys, Paolo Badosa, and Alexandrova. So some really good wins there. And of course, the win over Ons Jabur. And the fact that she managed to win a tournament is just great. And then going into Madrid, of course, lost in the quarterfinals. Sorry, in the uh, round of 16 to Ons Jabur, who was the eventual winner. So I think... We have to give her props. You know, she played some really, really good tennis uh, benches and has been playing a pretty high level. So I think she warrants being at number four for me. And I think the way that she's playing and her confidence level is pretty high. And that's great to see, especially because she won the gold medal last year. And you just felt like, oh, well, people are potentially doubting her validity uh, for, for winning that. And since then she's been a little bit underwhelming so yeah good to see her get the win there and then Maria Sakari I've got a five now she's an interesting one because I feel like she's very up and down she's got incredible energy and she's high intensity the way that she plays um just a little bit almost I feel like sometimes she's maybe too high intensity uh, and then it is almost make or break the way that she plays and that doesn't necessarily mean that she's just I'm talking about her game style it's more to do with her her mental uh, kind of capacity and also how much energy she's she is exerting, right? Every single point, every single match. Surely it's mentally draining. Yeah, and I know she's physically fit, so let's forget about the physical physical side, but just mentally having to play that way every single point. I think she can open up a bit more, maybe potentially add some more power to her game, um, some different layers, drop shots, volleying, you know, just something different, you know, to her game. Some add some components so that she's not always playing at one pace. Um, but yeah, her recent, I guess, her recent results. She made the final of Indian Wells, which is a really good win. Of co- well, really good result, even sorry. Um, in the Sunshine Double, being a senior Kova, Kavitova, Gavrilova, Rybakina, Badosa, and then lost in straights to Shriontek in the final. But then no one's no one's been beating her. And then I've lost to Helen Meyer in. Miami, which was a huge upset in the first round of three sets. But then we hit the clay court swing, and it was well, not a great start because in Stuttgart she had to retire. She, uh, she gave a walkover away. That couldn't happen though she was injured. So then in Madrid, she only made the round of 32. Second round losing to Kasatkina in the second um, in the second round, which is not great. Qatar, though, she made the semifinals there for Indian Worlds, and she made a couple of finals in Petersburg. So uh, it's tough. I mean, people, some people might say, well, does she deserve to be there? I think the issue is, is that the rest of the kind of top 10, I think they really make a claim for being there. Now, uh, Creature Kova is obviously the reigning champion. That's why I put her, put her in there, really. But she hasn't played any tennis. So she's kind of got an asterisk by her name. Uh, she hasn't played any tennis whatsoever, so that's me putting in there, uh, kind of trying to sh- sh- trying to sift her through, I guess, the rest of the players and kind of wonder where she should be. So she was a hard one to place, but I think we have to include. Her. I think number six is a good place to be, and then Pagula's been in some very good form as well. It's, it's good to see her 
um, come into a bit of form again because um, I think she's got the best record in quarterfinals in Masters 1000 tournaments in the last 12, year, 12 years, the last 12 months, which is really impressive. So if we look at her Sunshine double results, uh, she made the round of 64, so that's first round, lost to Buzkova. Miami Open, she made the semifinals, lost to Fiontech, and but she had beaten Bedosa, Kalanina, Rybakina, Sloan Stevens, so good wins there. Um, and yeah, Fiontech is almost unbeatable right now, so yeah, there's no harm in that. And then, of course, in Charleston, uh, she ended up losing, though, to Coco Vandeweghe in three tight sets in the round of 16, so she would have been disappointed with that, and then bounced back nicely to make the final of Madrid, beating Georgi, Canepi, Andrescu, Cerebus Tormo, Teichmann, you know, and then losing eventually to Ongebert after, though, handing out a bagel to the Tunisians. I think she deserves to be at number seven there. A good uh, start, I think, to a clay court season and great to see. Um, and then I guess the big one, which people might be saying, how the heck have you got... Emma Raducanu in there. Now, I think she's been playing some really good tennis on the clay, and I think her drop shot's coming along really nicely as well. Like She's clearly been working on and has worked on it a huge amount. I think for me, she's just looked really good and comfortable actually on the clay sliding around, and it's great to see her, kind of the way that she's playing, the confidence level is, it seems to be there. Um, she seems to be quite content in her game and that's great to see and also very willing to learn so yeah we'll see how i guess she gets on but if we look at her most recent results so sunshine double and uh, over uh martich beating radicanu in three sets in the second round of indian wells and then of course losing to sinia in the first round in three very tight sets as well radicanu and then this is where the kind of run starts here. Clay court swing, made the quarterfinals of Stuttgart after being the Sanders and Kopach, and then losing two close sets to Fiondek 6 4 6 4. Then Madrid, uh, she did really well making the well making the round of 16. Uh, she beat Martin Kova, beat Kostu, good wins there, and then lost to Kalanina, who was in some inspired form. So I think, is that fair? I think that's fair. Um. No, I think that's a fair bit. I'm struggling to find other players. Like someone like Daniel Collins hasn't had a good go of it recently. Uh, and then for Naomi Osaka, if we're talking about Sunshine Double First, she beat Stone Stevens in the first round, then lost to Kudamatova in the second. Miami, she made the final there, of course, losing to Triontech, but she'd beaten Benchich, Collins, Risk, Kerber, Muchova. I mean, great matches to get through there. And then, of course, in Madrid, lost to Sribatum in the second round. Obviously, not a good start. <laughs> to be matched up against for her personally but I think she's done okay that's her first playing court tournament so I guess it's not a lot to go on but there's also not a lot to go on in terms of contenders I think um, for the French Open right now then no one's really screaming their name that's for sure anyway so we'll see um, but generally very very good from uh, from her and then if we talk about Arina Samalenka, uh, and then we can start off, I guess, with a Sunshine Double. Lost in the first round to Paolini there in Indian Wells, and then in Miami Open, she lost in the first round as well to Begu, which is those are two really poor wins. Um, and then Charleston, she made the round of 16, losing to Anissa Mova, who she's got a terrible record against. 4-0 now, 
Um, needs to somehow sort that out after being Risk there. And then Stuttgart, she made the final really good run, beating Contevi, Andrescu, Badosa. I mean, these are great wins. And then losing eventually to Fiontech in straight sets. I mean, she played some really good tennis. Great to see her back in good form. And then she just got a really bad draw in Madrid. Again, getting Anissim over this time. And again, losing. So, uh, yeah, not a great one for her. But I do think she deserves to be in the top 10 because of that run Stuttgart in the final. And the fact that I think Anissim was just clean. Uh, not a great match upside of screen, But good to see her coming back into some form. So that's my top 10 at the moment. Uh, of course, the power rankings are based upon primarily recent results and the current clay court swing on top of also kind of pedigree as well from the past and then uh, we can kind of factor in some other results like you know from Australian Open etc but those are more secondary I think thoughts uh, the biggest is current form how they're looking um, and then also bearing in mind how they've done historically as well like a secondary category um, for me but yeah that's how I see it. Let me know your thoughts and who your top 10 is as well. Thanks very much, guys, for watching. Please remember to hit the like button and subscribe if you're new. And we'll see you on the next video or podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks.